All right, so if you would, turn with me to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. I'm going to look briefly at a uh, passage of Scripture here this morning. One that maybe you're saying as you're turning to Proverbs 31, I think you're in the wrong place, big guy. That's the virtuous woman. (laughs) Uh, But I want you to look carefully here with me uh, at the first nine verses before the virtuous woman. And I think what you'll find there may surprise you if you've never noticed it before. Join with me here as we look together at Proverbs 31. And we're going to start reading here at verse 1 and go to 9. And then we're going to pick up one more verse, 23. The words of King Lemuel... An oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Then drop down with me to 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for your holy word, your word that is for us. Make it for us today, we pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Here in Proverbs 31, before we get to the more famous and eclipsing section of the virtuous woman, we have here a woman giving instruction to her son. And this is wisdom. And as you know, wisdom within the book of Proverbs is personified as a woman. And there is this contrast that happens in wisdom literature, and in particular that happens in Proverbs of this wise lady and this foolish lady. We could call them Lady Wisdom and Dame Folly. And these are described in chapter 9, if you want to go back and reread that, but for time's sake today, we will not. But it's assumed here. And honestly, his mother represents the wise lady. So it's kind of interesting here that a lot of the virtuous woman is directed toward her husband and her household. And this is not chauvinistic because it's just the same way when you get to the man's part here in verses 1 through 9, which is given by a woman, his mother. So the Bible in this way is complementarian in its understanding that the couple is to be holy, the couple is to be the one uh, union that husband and wife, mother and father are to be in, not one 
above the other in this sense, but rather one instructing, the other obeying on both, on both sides. It's the same way with Jesus. Jesus obeys, doesn't he? Jesus submits, doesn't he? Submission, obedience, these are not nasty words. For Christ himself does them. They must not be. Instead, they're holy words. And so, you know, it's kind of like the old saying, right? Behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. No, uh, that's, not, that's not it, but, but you get the point of that one. No, it's, it is. It's truly. Behind every great man here is woman because man was created first in Adam, but then woman. And every subsequent man has come from woman. Now, here we get the instruction of his mother. Whose mother? King Lemuel. Lemuel is a word that means, a name that means dedicated to God. And so he's king. We don't really know what kind of king or who's king. We don't really know much about Lemuel at all. But apparently he's a king and his name means dedicated to God because, as you heard, his mother dedicated him to God. She says, O son of my vows. Wouldn't it be a great thing today on Father's Day in particular for both fathers and mothers to vow their kids to God as Hannah did, Samuel? To say of them, Lord, they are yours and not mine. I'm not going to try to live my life through my kids. We've seen that before. You've seen that before. But I'm going to give them to God and his church. I'm going to give them to the Father and the Bride of Christ. St. Augustine said many years ago, God can't be our Father if the church is not our mother. And yet, you'd be surprised at how many people are not concerned whether or not their kids are in church or not, involved in the church or not. We mustn't be this. No, let us make a vow today to have our kids, our precious children, our offspring, raised up into the nurture of Christ himself. Now, here's... It's very simple here, and I'm just going to boil it down for time's sake. There's two warnings that are given, and then some instruction on what to do as, so to speak, a king, as a father, in our context this morning. Number one is this, don't give your strength to women. Now, what he means by this is, don't let women rule your life. How many times have we seen this happen? How many men have been lost to lust? How many men are being lost to lust? And with the onset of the internet, we have idolatry in any form and fashion at our fingertips in a matter of moments. Not something done on the streets or the bad part of town, but right there wherever we want. This is a danger friends, that needs accountability. Without going into specific situations, if you find yourself there, don't let that desire, that lust, that, as the scripture says in Greek, pornea, 
which is sexual immorality in general, don't let that control and destroy the strength that God has given you as a man. Find other men who you can then be accountable to. This is God's way. It also is the Methodist way. This is what John Wesley did. He broke people up into groups where there was accountability. You could not hide in the mass, but rather expose yourself. And trust me, when you expose yourself to someone else, when you bear your soul to another, your sin becomes a reality and it becomes wicked and it becomes something that can be repented of, not hidden. For Solomon elsewhere will say, even the hidden things will be made known one day. Make them known now so God can heal them. And he does have healing, friends, for any kind of sexual immorality, he can heal. No, instead, this woman who we find in Proverbs 9, the foolish woman, Dame Folly, as I'm saying here and picking up from Peter Lightheart who gives me that, that term. In chapter 9, she invites the men to come to her bed batting her eyes with sweet-smelling perfumes and Egyptian cotton because her husband's gone. And the writer of, uh, of Proverbs says, her bed leads straight to hell. You can't see it because of the perfumes and the candles burning and the Egyptian cotton, but there's skeletons in her closet of those who have gone down to Sheol. No, no, if you're going to be a king, if you're going to be a king, O Lemuel, then, this is the instruction of a woman, don't give your strength to women. Don't do that. Then secondly, don't give yourself to drink. Women and drinking. Kind of almost atypical, isn't it? And, again, how many have fallen to drink? How many years wasted to drink? No, the scripture doesn't call us to wine, but to wisdom. Not to be filled with drunkenness, but be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So that we are under the influence of of God. Not in a stupor, unable to rule over what God has given us charge over, to be able to steward those precious souls that we helped create, the wife of our youth that God has given to us. The wandering eye will never be fulfilled. But God can satisfy the heart of the one who purposefully gives himself to his wife. And that's intentional. And that's got to be done by the will. In other words, step up and be a man and choose your wife who you chose. Can I get amen at that point, anybody? <laughs> amen or oh me, right? Um, <clears throat> 
No, we're not called, notice, to open our mouth to wine and to drink. This is not a sermon against women, of course. This is not a sermon against alcohol in particular. But rather to drunkenness and to misuse of women. Whether it be a physical misuse or in your head an obsession that never is obtained physically but rules you. His mother says, don't do that. His mother says, don't open your mouth to be guzzling alcohol and celebrating and feasting all the time. For you're not going to be able to rule like that. You're not going to be able to keep yourself pure like that. But instead, not opening your mouth to wine, but to others. And for others. We are to open our mouth. She even says here, open your mouth for the mute. For the ones who cannot speak for themselves. You know, there are times of feasting. The Jews knew all about feasting. They had certain celebrations, and we have certain celebrations that we celebrate right here. We did that the other week with Pentecost. And there are times of feasting and of eating. But when you are at war, when there is a battle raging, it is not the time to feast. And we live in a culture that just says to us, hey, you work hard during the day, go home and feast at night. But look, when you go home, the battle is just beginning for the souls of your little ones. They need you. Don't, I would say just as much, don't give your strength just to Northrop Grumman or Boeing or Research Park or whoever. Give your strength to God who will then turn around and tell you to give it to your wife, to your children, to others. For that's who God gives to not to drunkenness. So, Jesus is the only true virtuous man. He's the one who we get our moral virtue and fiber and strength from. If you're going to be successful, you have to do it with him. This is not a one-man show. We were made for others. This is visible in the point of your birth. You didn't create yourself. And we were never created just for self. Do not fall into the trap, dads, of sexual immorality... And of feasting. Comes to my mind, Lord of the Rings. There's a scene that I'll never forget because it's kind of just this nasty scene where Denethor is sitting in his palace and he's sending people out to battle to be killed. And there's a servant that's there, and someone comes in and tries to plead with him, don't do why would why would you send your son to his death? And he's just sitting there eating, licking his fingers, just kind of this nasty scene of eating and feasting. And I just got this image this morning that some of us, we feast, we act like things are just okay, and they're really not. There's people that need us praying, that need us on the battlefield, and we're just feasting week after week after week, almost living 
to feast. Not caring about the needs of others. May God help us to have His heart. A heart that understands there are times of feasting, but there's also times of fasting. Last night, the Lord just broke me down as I went up to pray with my sons and or pray for them. They were asleep and, and my daughter in the next room. I just I literally just sort of got on my knees in the middle of their room and and just was weeping before God to be a better dad. To be a better husband. To be a better pastor. I would ask for your prayers on that same thing. And I thought of all of you. I prayed for you. We need each other. We need the prayers of each other. We're called to this. Jesus is praying for you right now. That's what the scripture says. And the spirit is interceding for you. I wonder if today you could just make the simple claim, father or not, if you could make the simple prayer today to choose to marry wisdom not folly not foolishness that you could ask God today in a prayer from your heart Lord make me a godly man make me a godly woman for those of you who are single I'd say, start acting like you're married. That's the way the Bible calls us to do, isn't it? Start acting like now you're married. For you are married to Christ if you are one of His. We are all called to the same sexual rules. And it's difficult in our world. But with God's help and with the church's accountability, you can overcome. There is victory. There is victory, friends. If we would just call out and ask. So, don't forget about the poor. Speak up for those who can't. Justice must be done. And it must be done through us and by us. For God has called us as the church. So choose Sophia. Choose wisdom. Choose to be married to God's way and not your own. Divorce yourself from God, your own way so that you can go the way of God. And when you go that way, he promises that blessings will follow. Blessings beyond anything you can create yourself. So choose God's way. Amen.